0: What's up, homies? Roshane here, just letting you know to stick around to the end of the episode for an important update from the homies. Thank you, and enjoy.
1: What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Ruff Shane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And this time, we are heading back to found footage territory.
0: Mm -hmm. For those that have listened long, you know that I do love me some found footage.
1: Yes, and for those who have listened long, I think you have found that I... I'm not I've never been a non fan of found footage, but I will say I think that I have come more around to found footage than I maybe was in the past. Um, I think I had very specific found footage films that I liked and I just went back to those. But I feel like I'm kind of getting a little bit of a wider scope on the subgenre and appreciating it more than I maybe did in my youth
0: that's fair i mean i I guess for me found footage has always just been like the people's champ of filmmaking where it's like it offers the opportunity to almost anyone to just pick up a camera with a micro budget and produce Mm -hmm. something you know whether or not it's good or not that's that's besides the point the fact is you're able to produce and make a movie um using this specific genre and i've always appreciated that i've always really liked that
1: No, that's very true. Found footage is the the champion of the art in the sense of, yeah, you can kind of as long as you have a solid idea and you have a camera, you can do a found footage film with a very low budget because that's kind of almost the appeal of found footage films. The the closer to actual home video that they look the better they're going to feel more authentic to the audience, almost more than if you have a huge budget and you kind of try and create this feeling. Mm -hmm. I think it lends itself very well to independent filmmakers, um, like the one that we are going to be discussing today. And it lends itself to not needing a lot of tricks and gimmicks and effects necessary to still be a pretty solid story um as far as whether it's scary or not i think it's gonna come it's gonna depend completely on the premise and what is scary to the viewer but found footage is it kind of lends itself to just as long as you have a dream and a camera you could make a found footage movie
0: that is very true um i'm curious do you currently have a favorite found footage movie Mm.
1: I would say, I would say probably my two favorites where I go back to them probably the most often. And if I were to recommend a found footage, I just, those two pop in my head whether I think the person's going to like them or not. They're just the first two that I always think of. Mm-hmm. Probably Cloverfield will always be my, like, number one. Um, okay. And then second would actually be probably as above so below I also really like that one I think those would be my my top two it's funny because I feel like from what are my favorites you can even though I just spent all that time championing no you don't need any gimmicks or any effects or blah 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 like two of my favorite found footage films are like heavy on action heavy on effects (laughs) like there's (laughs) so much shit going on in them but I think I just love the stories Um, Within those films, I think I just like the events that occur in them and the Mm -hmm. situation that our characters find themselves in are just like some of my favorite when it comes to found footage and yourself.
0: Me, I'd say right now here today, um, Paranormal Activity will always forever hold a special place in my heart. Fair. Some of y'all know this, but like I I do love that film, despite its critiques um, and will always be on my list of found footage films. Um, But very close second would probably still be Wreck. Like, I have Mm. always loved Wreck and even subsequently enjoyed Quarantine as well. But, like, Wreck for me was, like, a real good venture into found footage that incorporated a lot of things that I enjoy into a single film. Um, So that one's always on my list, too.
1: Okay. Nice. I, um... I can boogie. I can boogie down with those choices as well. Um, Micah's still any shit, but that's truly, truly that's neither here nor there. That does not affect the quality of the film in any in any regard. Um, but yeah, I I was excited to discuss the film that we're going to be discussing today because I think just um, I think I have a tendency to focus on found footage that is pretty popular or that a lot of people have seen or is fairly w- like well-known and as a result I think I let a lot of them kind of slip through the cracks and I just never look into some of the lesser known or more independent horror found footage film, so i'm excited to talk about the movie we're talking about today um which is the outwaters because i think that this falls exactly into the type of film that i probably would not have watched just organically on my own yeah
0: this movie wasn't really on my radar until we were looking for films to cover that were indie um and then this one got brought up in the pool and so i checked out the trailer and it looked intense i think that was the word that i used to describe it to you like just from the trailer it seems like one of those really intense found footage films where it's like it's going to be a lot of gruesome imagery or like possibly leaning into like the torture porn realm it's kind of hard to tell but Mm -hmm. the biggest feeling i got was like oh some shit goes down in this movie
1: right yeah yeah it was funny because we actually discussed we were deciding between this and the movie that we covered last week, which was fear. We were deciding which one we wanted to cover first. And Mm -hmm. yeah, post trailer, we were like, we could maybe put this one off a week. I think we were both (laughs) just not quite ready to jump straight into um, the outwaters.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It seems like the kind of movie that you really just got to be like in the right mental headspace. for. And I was like last week, that was not me. Was, not I, I was I was looking for something a little bit more fun.
1: It was not the vibes last week, but we prepared ourselves. We knew we were going to cover it this week. So we went in ready for the shenanery uh, that this movie might potentially give us. But before we get into exactly what happens within this film, we do have to discuss how scary it did end up being. Uh, so five is the scariest and one is not scary at all how did you end up feeling uh actually post the movie
0: <laughs> that's a great question because i'm not sure
1: <laughs> okay i'm not
0: sure the the film left me feeling confused on that front mm-hmm. i'm i'm gonna tentatively say a two out of five okay um just because like there there are scary things in this for sure but my issue and we will talk about when we get into the full breakdown of the film is a lot of it is implied scary you don't get to see a lot of it and so if your imagination isn't running wild with things i feel like you can very much kind of coast through this movie um but if you're the type of person who um you know darkness or just like not seeing what's actually happening to characters freaks you out then i can see how this movie is kind of scary mm-hmm. but for me it was a little bit leaning on the other end so I'm, I'm gonna say two out of five for the scare scale
1: okay i'm gonna go like a 2.3 out of five for the scare Ooh, scale so specific well because i I almost went 2.5, but I have to, but for me personally, it wasn't a Mm 2.5. I think I was going to up it to that for just thinking of more of a wider group of people. But if I'm being specific to me, I'm going to go just like right in the middle of what you are and what I was going to do. Just -hmm. because I agree with you. I think a lot of it is implied. A lot of it is not seen. And so that does kind of, make things easier to handle. But I will say what is scary. Is effective like what you do see at times can be effective. There are a couple of specific points that I actually kind of freaked me out. Um, And so those kind of bumped it up for me. But I think as a whole this film is a creepy premise but Mm -hmm. not necessarily a scary movie. Yeah, I feel that. I could agree with
0: that. But without further ado, it is about time that we enter into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today we're talking about The Outwaters from 2022. This film was written and directed by Robbie Banfitch and is also starring Robbie Banfitch as Robbie, Scott Schamel as Scott, angela basolis as Ange and michelle may as michelle a group of four friends looking to shoot a music video travel deep into the wilderness of the mojave desert but it isn't long before the group begin experiencing strange phenomena throughout the area and as night falls on our group they quickly realize that venturing into the mojave may have been a mistake insert la earthquakes supercharged sand and a wild pack of jackasses here our film concludes with robbie getting separated from the group after a violent attack from a mystery assailant will he manage to find his friends or will this music video cost them their lives also my head is raining. Roll credits.
1: That was kind of a bar to me.
0: It really was. That line, ten out of ten. I give it to you, Robbie. That was a good I like
1: that. I like that a lot. I was like, write that down, write that down. That's good. <laughs> take notes. Take notes. That was a that was a good line. I love it when it, they slip one in real easy, like real real just slips off the tongue real nice and you're like ooh.
0: yeah as like i feel like i don't know it's so simple that i feel like i would have heard it before but i don't think i have i feel like this really was the first time i've heard like an injury described that way it was so poetic and just like very good for the moment i was like oh wow
1: it's one of those things where I was like, oh, I want to paint this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's that good good. That's that good stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: But great line deliveries aside. I personally, I don't know about you, but I was personally kind of conflicted about this particular movie. And <laughs> same. <laughs> and no, and same. so I'm... I'm i'm curious to hear your thoughts i'm curious to kind of talk this one out because Mm -hmm. i think i know where i stand on this one but that could change throughout the course of this of this discussion um but we will see so erica what is in your notebook
1: okay so my first note is he is all up in her face because the so robbie is our cameraman in this movie he is the one who has the camera consistently through he doesn't really He hands the camera off once to his brother, but for the majority of the time, he is our cameraman. Mm -hmm. And he, the whole reason that he's filming mainly is to document this trip that him and his friends are taking to film a music video in the desert for his friend, Michelle. And he's the director of the music video. And Michelle is a singer. But he is just so fucking close to her face all the time. It would piss me off if I was Michelle, because the thing about it is he has a, a camera. It's not like his phone. It's like a legit camera that he's using. Mm-hmm. And there are times when he is just so close to her face. You can see every everything, every pore, every inch of her face. And I'm just imagining from her perspective, this big fucking lens. just whispering on my cheek and him just being like, Michelle. And it was like, Michelle. "Michelle." And there's a lot of shots and it's only Michelle that he's that close to her face consistently. But the very first time it happens is when they're listening back to her song. Mm-hmm. And she's while she's listening to it, a song, mind you, that she recorded that her dead mother used to sing to her. So it's like a very emotional thing for Michelle. And yeah, Robbie's just like hey, hey, hey. like. <laughs> <laughs> Right in her fucking face, like right in her eyeball, with this camera, as she's trying to like listen back to the playback of the song, and she's getting really emotional. And I swear, every single time Michelle's like, "I might cry," Robbie like fucking runs up into her Hell face yeah. with you the gotta camera. Get that money shot. What do
0: you I'm mean? Like, oh
1: my god! Give her some space, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I, for the longest time, and until honestly talking to you just now. Assume that they were a couple. Are we not supposed to be assuming that?
1: I don't think that they are. They're not okay. I think that they're just all just friends. Okay. I didn't get couple vibes from them personally. I I got that maybe there was potentially like like a a crush, if
0: nothing else.
1: Yes, that's what I thought. I was like, no, maybe he has a crush on her, or there's like sexual chemistry there, but. I didn't think that they were romantically involved. Okay.
0: I will admit, too, for the first, like, 30 minutes, I was having trouble establishing anyone's relationship to each other <laughs> outside of Robbie and Scott, where I was like, all right, I pick up that you guys are brothers. Right. Um, but how does the rest of this group, like, work? Like, how do you guys coordinate with each other? And so Scott Scott's the brother, and yes. then... Um, Ange is with Scott or did I confuse that?
1: No. So Angela. All right. See,
0: look at this. I, I got this all messed up. I don't know who is who.
1: Okay. So Scott is Robbie's brother. You're right. Michelle and Robbie seemingly work together, are friends, but also work together. And that <laughs> is how their friendship is. And then Angela is good friends with Robbie and by assuming by like their relationship also probably good friends with Scott because it seems like she maybe like grew up with them, but she's married to a man that is not in the movie at all. Okay. She's just married to somebody but is just good friends with Robbie and Scott and she kind of gets pulled in by Robbie to be the costume. That's which is another thing. It's like she's so unnecessary on this trip. <laughs> Because they pull he legit he asks her to come to be the costume um design, like to fit her and like, yeah, like wardrobe, have the, makeup, all yeah, that makeup yeah, have wardrobe ready for her and all this stuff. I, I think more accurately, he probably just wants her to come to like have a friend kind of a trip, but he gets her there by saying oh you should come and help with wardrobe and then sh- they have a phone call about it and basically she's like yeah michelle can bring all her own clothes um she can bring all of her own makeup um yeah she can just bring everything i'll just make sure that she gets dressed what <laughs> the ho- what do you mean she can just bring all of her own stuff like th- OK, so then your job is moot. We don't hey, need you. <laughs> that
0: sounds like standard fare, non-union production. OK, this is currently the reason why we are striking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Erica is anti-strike. No, but like, I'm only bec- it's only because she straight up. Sa- she does say she's like, oh, if I have anything, like I'll bring some stuff for her. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's that idea of, okay, so I have to bring all my own makeup, all my own clothes. You will put the makeup on for me. But mm-hmm. also, do you need to? Because if I'm just bringing <laughs> my daily makeup, I could put that on. And I probably will.
0: <laughs> Very true. No, now I'm not going to disagree that <laughs> perhaps the this particular production could have used with one less person. But, yes. I mean... If nothing else, she's there for moral support, you know? Mm -hmm. She's there to kind of hang out, like you said, Um, and has another body count, so that's always fun.
1: Yes, yes. But you are right in that Robbie and Scott are brothers. (laughs) That is the one... We got got one. (laughs) ...solidified relationship um, that we have, for sure. And I actually will say, I like... Just point blank, period, this is a long movie. Mm -hmm. It is. I, I think especially... Found footage, the one hurdle that I do think this subgenre has to get over is the pacing. It's yeah. it's always going to be an issue in found footage. I think particularly because you don't want it to go on for too long. But then I also feel like sometimes it's hard for it not to be too long because the nature of storytelling in found footage... Unless you're going to have a bunch of choppy just moments in time, they're going to be longer because you can't you always have these moments where it's like you can't have a full shot of all the characters like you normally would in a more traditional film where you can be like, okay, well, these people are in this room. We're filming and like there's another thing going on in this room. You don't get that. So you can't consolidate events in found footage like you can in a regular movie because everything has to happen from this one cameraman's perspective. Mm-hmm. And so like things have to happen sequentially, and that can add a runtime on, but it's hard because I also don't want a found footage that is that long. And yeah. This movie is long. It's like an hour. It 50. is that long.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, very true. And like, to be fair, things don't really even start to like pop off or happen until about an hour in. So it's yeah. like you, there's a long wait before the big scares and whatnot start happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a shame because I feel like for this particular movie, it's a bit of a double edged sword. Because my first note was, I don't actually know what's going on but these characters feel real and I kind of like them. Same. Right. I feel like a lot of that comes from the amount of time that we spend just like humanizing and personifying these characters and learning Mm -hmm. about them. There's little moments in time. Definitely. There are some that could have been cut out. Like there's some excess fat in there, but by having them all in there, you end up spending a decent amount of time with all of these characters. And because there's Mm -hmm. only four of them, you really do get to at least know enough about these characters that you can kind of care if they are in trouble. Yeah. Um, and so that coupled with the fact that I think all four of them played these characters very naturally, very like close to their sleeves, like these all felt like real people, um, which is very big for me in found footage. Like If the characters feel like characters... That will immediately take me out of any found footage film. Like I need these people to really feel like people, and I mm-hmm. do think that they do in this movie, and so I, I give them credit for that. Um, but even still, though, that's where the other edge of that sword comes in. Is just like it's the movie's too long. It is just simply it's too long, and very long. Although, like there are some interesting shots, especially like later on as we're like running through the desert in the darkness and whatnot. There is. Simply just too much. Like, there needed mm-hmm. to be more things cut out. This runtime needed to be cut by, I think, at least like 15 minutes.
1: At least. And I agree with you. I actually will say this whole first hour buildup, although it is part of such a huge chunk of that time. I actually really enjoy it. I Mm -hmm. I agree. I liked meeting everybody. I liked kind of seeing everybody interacting with each other. I actually kind of appreciate the way that they subtly alluded to just how daily life was for these people. I think particularly with Scott and Robbie and the idea that Scott is estranged from their mother Mm -hmm. and Robbie is not and kind of how that dynamic is affecting things. I, I liked, I thought that was cool. I liked seeing him and Ange just kind of hanging out with each other and just mm-hmm. kind of bebopping around town. I thought that that was fun. I liked seeing them drive up to the, I think that part for me where they are arriving to the desert is some of the most natural feeling, in my opinion, where they're just kind of on this road trip together and like trying to find ways to entertain themselves and mm-hmm. and then they get to the desert and like once they get there and they have that first full day where they go, okay, well, we're not shooting the music video yet. What should we do? I thought all of that was great. I even think that the first night when things are weird into that next day of sh- actually starting to shoot the music video, I really enjoyed all of that. It's hard because I do think that some of it could be cut, but then at yeah. the same time, I'm like, ah, oh, but I really actually like this aspect of the film for me personally it's it it sucks because the 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 meat of this film is the second half that that second 50 minutes of yeah just like disaster is the meat of this film but for me i think some of that could have been cut could definitely be trimmed and we could still keep all of this more mundane i want to say stuff and then have just like a solid 30 minutes of wild shit happening instead of a solid almost hour of watching robbie just like wobbling through the the desert
0: yeah right (laughs) i think that is like a huge factor in that too is It would be one thing if it was chaos with all four of the characters still around and like dealing with stuff and like trying to incorporate them within Robbie's presence. But because we spend the last hour or 50 minutes with just Robbie, that's when things start to drag. Um, And I'm not even going to say that it's because like Robbie's not doing a good job by any means. I just think it's we've spent so much time with this group collective and their energies like coming off of each other to mm. just strip that away and just have it be one character for the other half of the movie. It just makes things feel long.
1: Mm. I'm I am in agreement with you there to a certain degree. I w- I felt very similarly once all of our other characters just simply disappeared, and I realized, oh, we're just gonna be with Robbie. I felt very similar. Like the first 10 Mm -hmm. minutes of just Robbie, I, I wasn't checking out, but I was a little bummed. I was thinking, oh, is it just going to be him for the rest of the time? But I will say. After being in that for a while and even post the movie ending, I actually liked that we were just with Robbie for so much of it. I okay. think because that's the aspect of this movie that was the scariest element to me was because it's like the first everyone. Yes, I think it's the first time that I've really had to sit in that and think is it worse to be taken out right away or is it worse to be the last person standing Mm. and have to deal with everything that's going on on your own? And so for me, that was actually a really creepy idea. And I actually like putting myself into Robbie's shoes. That was actually very scary. And it, it honestly made me kind of sad just kind of watching him trying to navigate this new situation that he found himself in all alone and Mm -hmm. not really being sure if he was alone or if his friends were still alive. I actually ended up really liking that by the end. And I do think that one of this, like the scarier sequences happen once we are alone with Robbie, that entire sequence where he's walking around and he's like, who am I? Like, who am I? I'm Robbie. And he's trying to remember and, trying to like fight against this head injury that he has.
0: Who am I? 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 I'm Robbie. 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 I'm Robbie. I'm Robbie. I'm Robbie. I'm Robbie. I'm Robbie's a gorak. Robbie's a gorak.
1: Help me. Hello. Somebody help me. And then when he sees the feet of the axe guy, mm-hmm. and he like is pleading with him to leave him alone, and then the guy starts to walk away, and then he starts to walk back. Yeah, that whole section I thought was th- honestly the strongest section of this movie, and only was so because Robbie was by himself. So that's
0: fair. He was in like I, such a vulnerable state too. That's yeah. like you couldn't help but like feel worried for him because it's like he's already been through a lot at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, were that sequence that feel very natural. I, I give you that for sure.
1: Yeah, but I, I so I, I, it's weird because I didn't, this movie to me, the waves that I went through in this movie was I started off liking the movie mm-hmm. and then I didn't like the movie and then mm-hmm. I ended liking the movie. Mm-hmm. But I will say, despite all of that, what I just said about enjoying Robbie and kind of this journey that he's going on, Um, I'm not a huge fan of just imagery for imagery's sake. And a lot of what happens in the second half is that. And I understand that part of it is probably to leave interpretation up to the audience. And I don't mind that. But a lot of that is why this end gets padded so much. Because half of the time, yeah, we are with Robbie. And then the other half of the time, we're just seeing things. And things are just happening.
0: Yeah, we're not only just seeing things. We're seeing very little of things like, oh, my God,
1: dude. <laughs> yeah, like
0: we're not seeing much.
1: Yes, because first of all, the the so the flashlight that's on the camera is like a pinpoint flashlight. It is the flashlight that we have to use in phasmophobia because we can't afford a better flashlight like that <laughs> is the camera flashlight you can see literally just the smallest circle but then there is a bigger fla- a better flashlight that has a much wider light mm-hmm. and the pinpoint flashlight is what gets used for so much of this film and it was frustrating because i wouldn't have been so annoyed if i if, if that was the only flashlight we had but it wasn't we We do have a better we flashlight. Options. We have a we have a flashlight that can show much more, and instead of using that, we use this flashlight where you can see like an eyeball <laughs> through it. Right.
0: It really and, felt like looking through like a cardboard tube from like a paper towel.
1: Yes. yes, it did. And it's uh, I, I understand why, because you know, uh, we talk about this all the time, is that sometimes not showing is better than than showing things like too much but in this instance it was already it, you already can't see anything because it's so dark and there's it's so chaotic and so you already can't see anything i think even if we had had more light i think they still could have kept things wrapped in the shadows mm-hmm. and so not having so much Not only could you not see things, but it was like Robbie would purposefully not point at the thing that I feel like it was important to see. Like when he goes back in the tent and there's blood all over the tent, but there's also very clearly a person lying in the tent. Why Mm -hmm. are we just looking at the blood for so long and not looking at the clear body that is lying in front of you in the tent like it just feels like at times we were focusing on everything but the one thing that felt the most important in that moment
0: yeah but then also like it felt like a choice too which I feel like for me as a viewer I wasn't too keen on because like sequences like the tent sequence scripted in such a way that we are not supposed to get the reveal of the full body yet like we're only supposed to get a taste of it which is fine, I'm okay with that. But to then spend five minutes in that tent looking at everything else, and to imagine that this character just does not see the body there, that's a bit of a stretch, even with the head injury. I'm I'm, I'm calling a little bit of bullshit there. Um, Because it is, it's just like, it's a lot of like meandering on certain things when there are more pressing things, like very clearly in view. Um, Mm -hmm. and, like, I'm cool with not seeing it as the audience member, but you have to really convince me that the character is not seeing these things. And, granted, there is a point where I think because of the situation, right, Robbie gets injured, then he's kind of wandering through the desert by himself with, like, no food, no water. So, like, he's not in the right headspace. I understand that bit. Um, so, yeah, maybe some certain things he will he'll be affected by them differently or he'll react to things Mm -hmm. differently because of his mental state right but then i feel like it's very taxing on the viewer because you're really asking them to just hold on for so long to finally get these reveals later on um and spend the rest of the movie in darkness which i know some people like that's like their thing like they love not seeing this stuff and like getting to again use their imagination But for me, you got to show me a little some sum every once in a while, like every every couple of uh, of minutes. Like, let me see something
1: doesn't have to be big
0: doesn't have to be huge, but let me see something. something like I'm tired of my screen just being a black screen for majority of this movie.
1: Let me tell you something. Well, okay. Also, I hate this. I hate this for us. I hate this for them. I hate this for me. But this is one of the few found footage films that made me nauseous. Unfortunately, Um, I was fine for a lot of it, but it gets so, so just hectic. And because Robbie is alone, he's not necessarily filming to film anything. He just continues to have the camera. And so he'll just have the camera down in his hand a lot, which is authentic. Mm -hmm. But then as a result, you're just shaking around the world. You're just like, whoa, you know, like you're just like, here's the sky and here's the rocks and here's and it's just so much so quickly. It's such shaky cam and it did make me nauseous, particularly post um, post like Ange and Michelle that all that stuff that happens to that, that sequence, them and then yeah. when he when he wakes up in the day and mm-hmm. he's just like kind of walking around the desert that part made me feel really sick and i was nervous that i was gonna feel that way for the whole thing i it i i didn't it he it it gets better he doesn't do that the whole time it's mainly just in that particular scene that it's it's pretty bad but um yeah i think that a lot of that just has to do with there is no focus there's no focal point um, for this movie or, or for these sequences, there's nothing that we're really working towards or going towards, which I do like. I want to be clear that I like this, but um, as a result, it just means that the camera is not is also not focused on anything. So it's just something to like be prepared for yeah. because I wasn't in it. Yeah, definitely threw me off. Um, but I agree with you and especially I think the biggest culprit is that scene. I was literally just talking about with Michelle and Ange when things first go wrong and we just hear them screaming and running and it's literally just a black screen. Mm -hmm. And it's like Robbie keeps turning the flashlight off and on for some reason, which I don't know if they were trying to imply that it was that something else was affecting it because it feels like it's him. It feels Mm -hmm. like it's him just fiddling with a flashlight and it's going on and it's going off and it's pointed down at the ground and you just hear Ange and Michelle screaming And I understand that they didn't want us to see what was happening to them, but I think they still could have achieved that with us seeing at least something, even if we just saw them like gradually getting further and further off in the distance until they disappeared, like past where the flashlight could see. Mm -hmm. And then we, and then maybe he started running towards where he thought they were, but they weren't over there. Like if the sound was traveling weird, cause that's a, a comment that Michelle makes is that like sound travels differently when there's no other sound and i even just think that that would have been interesting but instead it just feels like robbie is standing still with the camera and the flashlight pointed at the ground while both of his friends are begging and screaming for help and he's just like hey a well, wild night huh <laughs> like that's what it, that's what it kind of feels like hey
0: whoa he's got a head injury you know it's like
1: Cut him some slack, all right? He
0: already got half his head cut off. You know what I mean?
1: That's true, yeah. Robbie's, (laughs) from this moment on, Robbie is dealing with a heavy head injury, which uh, does affect his character quite a lot. And that's another thing that at first I didn't like, but then I grew to like as the movie went on.
0: Yeah, because I I think it was actually played very well. Um, Yeah. Like, I feel like the level of dazed and confused he would be after suffering that injury was, that felt pretty authentic to me. Um, and even with that sequence, it's funny because I didn't really mind that one, despite it being the biggest offender of the black screen problem, um, because that is something that this movie does to counteract the fact that you can't see everything. They do play around with some very unique sound design, yeah. um, which I appreciated, especially because like the way I, I, I was watching this on my computer, and I had headphones on. So I got to hear a lot of the the sounds that were being used to. Um, symbolize certain things or like to um reference things that were happening i think that the sound design is very good and fun um Mm -hmm. if not confusing at times because like you know the movie's called the outwaters and like there's like this implied sounds these implied sounds of like water and like underwater and
1: I'm not sure what the
0: symbolism there. Yeah.
1: At one point, my caption said, orcas wailing. Orcas wailing, yeah. (laughs) So,
0: like, there was definitely some reference towards water and the ocean that was being made in relationship to the desert. I don't really know what all that stuff was. I'll be honest, it was too much for me. I couldn't really pick all of it up. But I still appreciated that they were doing something different with the sound. Mm -hmm. And I think had they not the film would have been a full flop for me. Like the the sound design was a saving grace that like kept me interested in whatever was happening in this darkness that was on screen because I was like, I, I can hear interesting things. I can't see them, but you know, maybe at some point I will actually get to see some of these things in full view. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was, especially in the second half, I feel like there was just a lot of, symbolism that Robbie was was, as a director was trying to get across that at least for me as a viewer I just wasn't picking up on all of it um Mm -hmm. and like despite the fact that there are I think some cool directorial choices um throughout like I think the upside down shot gets used too much but like I liked it um, for the first couple of times that it was used, especially when they were doing like the opera music during the car ride. I thought that that was a really cool sequence.
1: Same. I like that one, too.
0: Like, I really like that to like show them entering into like a a, a dangerous area or whatnot. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of like this movie's supposed to be deep. Like, I can feel it. Like, it, they were going for something deep, dark and <laughs> brooding here. But I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. And I'm curious if you had any ideas of like what we're trying to get across here.
1: Okay. So I have an interpretation of the film. I'm not entirely certain that it is, you know what it is, but the way that I interpreted it is that Robbie found himself in, found like a rip in because because he sees that like restricted access like sign later on so i do mm-hmm. think that they were in a place that they probably were not supposed to be and to me it felt like what he kept seeing and all these things were like rips in like dimensions or rips in time or what have mm-hmm. you because and i think that he found himself in one of those like rips because i do think he's in a time loop because we see him see his friends arriving at the desert we see him as the axe man i think he is stuck in a time loop i think what happened is i think robbie kills his friends i think that yeah a version of him kills his friends and that is why Ange says like he's is he coming? Because it's always Robbie is always the antagonist. All of that extra stuff I think is just part of Robbie being stuck in this weird like dimension, like this weird space between time and like what's real and what's not. I think he is kind of trapped in like a hell kind of yeah, a, or like a some kind of.
0: Purgatory, or something. Yeah,
1: some kind of purgatory. But I do think that there is an element of this that it's like he is still in reality. But I do think that he is also being heavily affected by whatever is actually happening. Because like the the nine one one call at the beginning, I do think that that happens. I do think that his friends do try and call nine one one, and. I also think that the call that he gets from his mom, I think that that's a real voicemail that he probably did get and just didn't, like, kind of recognize it. Um, I also think that that's part of the reason that he tries to remind himself of who he is because he's, like, slipping into this, like, different version of himself. And I also think that that's... I think he's going to be perpetually stuck in this limbo of, like, going around... Until it's too much to take killing himself and then it'll just keep like reversing. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe by him killing himself, he's stopping it. But then at the same time, there's multiple versions of Robbie. So I don't mm-hmm. know if I mean that he killed himself. So that was the version of Robbie that we were with what we followed yeah. that he's done. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the main thing is that Robbie a version of Robbie at least is always going to kill his friends. But Mm -hmm. that version is also not Robbie anymore. It's like he's lost himself somewhere along the way in this like loop or in this weird fucking dimension that he's in.
0: Yeah. I mean like we do establish pretty early on that the area is weird. Like even before finding the sign, it's just like they're experiencing weird things. Like the ground seems to be like charged with like, they, they can, like, feel energy coming from mm-hmm. the area that they're in. Um, they do some sound tests and, like, hear some really weird sounds. Like, during the night, there's, like, a constant, like, constant explosions off in the distance that are unexplained. We get a bunch of lightning and thunder, but there's never rain. Like, things are are very yeah. weird in the area that they're in. Um, so, yeah, I, I could definitely see that being, like, a bit of a pocket dimension. Um, it almost reminds me a little bit of the back rooms in that way of just, like, mm. somehow you, like, kind of slip into this alternate reality. Uh, but, yes, Robbie killing his friends, absolutely. Like, I, I don't even think the movie's very shy about that one, where it's just, yeah. like, they kind of expect you to pick that up by the end of it. Um, but the reasoning for it, I think, is very, or is, like, that's ripe for discussion. Because I think... My interpretation was almost something along the lines of he feels like he has to kill his friends to free them from
1: this mm-hmm. loop
0: potentially. Like death is the only way that they can get out of wherever they're at. So right. like in whatever state he's in when he is man he's like, this is this is the way. If I if I kill everyone off, then we are free, and then we can go into the great beyond or what have
1: mm-hmm. you. Um, yeah, well, and there's also that one random part where there's all of a sudden a voice from the beyond that just goes, "Show, show them. them, show them," yeah, <laughs> which we never, <laughs> never happens ever again. It just yeah. happens that one time.
0: <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, I do feel like in the second half, the film goes very Skinner Rink and just like the I can kind of get away with anything because yeah. we're not in reality anymore and you're not, you can't really see what's happening. So mm-hmm. it's like, it leaves a lot of room for liberties for sure. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of my theory crafting and all this stuff, I feel like is me imposing things onto the film, not things that were necessarily there. Um, but that's a personal feeling, you know?
1: Right. Well, and also too, I, th- there's a part of me that also wonders if maybe, those hallucinations and stuff that he's having could also potentially have caused him to kill his friends. Because there's a point where Ange turns into those little wor- worm creatures, oh, um, yeah, yeah. and then snake
0: tentacle things. Whatever yeah, they are. <laughs>
1: and then he think and he's like being attacked by them. But then he looks again, and it's a version of his friends um and so, what's the symbolism
0: of the donkeys like what do
1: they mean dude i love the donkeys because the donkey said we don't want any part of this like <laughs> this shit is not uh it's none of our business it's really none of our business um the donkeys yeah i don't know i i guess i kind of just took it also that as dude, i don't yeah because there's a part where he they see donkeys when they first arrive mm-hmm. and then he sees donkeys again And this time, but this time when he sees the donkeys, they really give him that look of like, oh, you ain't shit. And then they walk away. They don't even mess around with him. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's because donkeys are like kind of a, like used in the Bible. Because it it does get a little bit religious. It does get religious later on, yeah. As time goes on. So I don't know if that's why we have donkeys.
0: See, Um, I... This is one of those films where I do kind of want to see the BTS to like see how indie this movie actually was because there's a part of me that just thinks that while they were filming they just saw a pack of donkeys and were like shit we may as well film this
1: which uh, might be the case because i'm pretty sure that's what happened with all the other animals that rattlesnake <laughs> was probably just in the desert and they riffed off of that those bees were probably just something that happened they riffed off of that which also michelle is so nonchalant when she's like oh it's a baby rattlesnake." But baby rattlesnakes are the most dangerous.
0: <laughs> like are they are really?
1: Yeah, because they don't know how to control their venom. So uh, they're like more dangerous. It's more dangerous to come across a baby rattlesnake than an adult rattlesnake. Because a baby will just release all their shit. Oof, but like an, an adult will like, you know, kind of... They'll ration it out. They ain't going all in. Yeah. You know, they got other bigger fish to fry or whatever. <laughs> but... Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if they were like, oh, dude, we got donkeys. Like, let's hurry up and shoot you guys arriving and then you stumbling upon the donkeys again. <laughs> mm, we got to shoot
0: all the donkey sequences right now. We, get, we gotta This gotta just one window.
1: We got to crank these bad boys out. Um, but yeah, I, I... There was also even a part of me that thought, okay, maybe this is all just like post brain injury. There's also a part of me that was like, Maybe this is just all like what he's imagining happening because of this brain injury. <laughs> like oh, that was yeah. also something I thought of. I was like, this could be one of those. It was all just a dream scenario. Literally all a dream because everything it- happens after he gets hit with the axe and his and has that head injury. Like that's when everything happens. Mm-hmm. That's like the most. I think my last resort like <laughs> explanation i think
0: this is my last resort. <laughs>
1: <laughs> suffocation no breathing, <laughs> no breathing.
0: <laughs> i mean I, and also with that sequence too when he does get slapped in the head i <laughs> thought that that was good um from a like you can't see shit perspective that was a great use of sound there because it was yeah granted he was dumb as hell. There are some line deliveries in this movie that I could not, I, Did, I, I, I just I, could yeah. not accept.
1: Uh, my note was don't engage the axe man, And specifically, <laughs> don't just go, hey.
0: Hey, who is that?
1: <laughs> who is that? Who is that? Who, who do who you that? think? Does it matter? <laughs> It's not your friends. That's what's important is why is this motherfucker in the Mojave Desert? <laughs> Desert.
0: And very clearly clearly brandishing Holding an axe. An axe. Like, you are way too nonchalant about this, Robbie.
1: <laughs> hey. Yeah, that that was another one where I was like, Robbie, I don't I don't know what your thought process. That's one of those moments. I think that's a moment that I think has some of the weirdest interaction wise. Another moment that I did think was a little weird was the Ange and Robbie scene where they're Sequest. in the tent. Yeah. And they're having an argument. I don't know what it is about arguments and found footage movies, but they always are just a little weird to me. Like mm-hmm. I I think especially in this one because it's it's this is an instance where I think they could have allowed the scene to go on a little longer. So that we could really like get into the argument, and it also feels like it starts from kind of nothing. It, it it feels the most fab. Like we literally made this conversation up to put into the film. Like that's the one conversation where it feels very much like okay, we've got to get some exposition across. So mm-hmm. I need you to say this. That's one scene that um I wasn't a huge fan of because uh, and Ange- and also Angela is like very very right in the way that she's feeling and the issues that she's that she's having because it's like michelle is going through some emotional like withdrawals and then there's all this weird shit happening and angela's understandably so kind of freaked out about it and robbie immediately thinks she's being a diva because she literally just says hey this is kind of weird right and robbie's like angela you're being such a fucking diva like you
0: i'm just out here trying to shoot a music video for my future girlfriend like
1: shoot a music video like you're like you're such a cock block like (laughs) michelle me and michelle (laughs) might hook up and now you want to leave it's like okay angela's (laughs) she's being very 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 understandably um confused about the situation um but also there's a shot there's a moment later with angela not the real angela like a version of angela where she goes from being scared to being like turned on and she's covered in blood and she's like touching herself dude i fucking hated that shot only because same why are we on her boobs for so long like it's too long right it
0: is it is it just like one it was unnecessary then the fact that we were just like chilling there it just made it weird like that sequence was already weird bro like we're <laughs> already at such a weird point in the movie yeah where i in the moment i could accept boobs sure but there just felt like so many more pressing matters that we ate to deal with and it just it felt silly it felt absolutely silly and honestly i'm, I'm gonna say and i feel like you felt silly in that moment too like it just it, all of it all of Dude. it just read as silly
1: because i because i was rocking with it at first at first when it was like the she started moaning and all this stuff started happening i went oh shit what's going on here because i thought okay this is weird this is just another thing where it's like the lines are getting blurred and in like I feel like if we are going with that sort of a hell landscape, this whole idea of pain mixing with pleasure Mm. and that being kind of confusing. I, I liked that at first. However, the minute she popped back up covered in blood and the minute she started to touch herself, I would think Robbie that's weird right you should probably (laughs) you should probably say something right or at least just I think it was only the strange thing about it is it would have made more sense if he panned down saw what she was doing and then panned back up and it focused on her face and we knew what she was doing but we no longer could see it so it Mm -hmm. was like all just mainly a shot of her face and then he could maybe start to like back up or he could say something or what have you. It's the fact that my man let that shit linger on that for the whole time. Because I'm just like, Robbie, don't do this. <laughs> this <is laughs> hey, not, you know, don't do gotta- this
0: he's got a head injury you know he's not thinking straight look
1: at this point in time robbie that head injury i I, it's not a concern of mine anymore (laughs) it really is you've been out here for days dude like and also too because he was he'll he'll he goes in and out of kind of oh being aware and being unaware which i think works very well i think that's great i think that is realistic that he would kind of pop into these moments of being very lucid being very aware that what's happening is weird but then also pop back into these moments where he's kind of lost and dazed and confused Mm -hmm. this is one of those moments where he's lucid this is one of those moments where prior to this he was kind of checked in and so my man's checked in enough to know that this is kind of crazy but also not checked in enough i guess to just like move on with his life i don't know the whole the whole thing just goes on for way too long and as late in the game as as it is when it happens it was another one of those things where i thought this is padding the Mm runtime, and it does not need to be
0: (laughs) yeah that sequence could have been way shorter and yeah it's nice because like again i was all for like bringing these characters back in like little Mm -hmm. doses just to like Break up the monotony of just seeing just Robbie. But yeah, it, it's just like it needed some trims or something there because that <laughs> sequence is weird. Um, but I mean, in the end, like it, it is a lot of just that, right? Like the last hour or so is a lot of just Robbie wandering. We get shots of blood in the desert and then random shots of things, a mm-hmm. couple occurrences, one or two hallucinations and then we get all of his friends heads on on spikes to confirm that they are all dead they were all decapitated um he has also found himself in the desert multiple times Mm -hmm. um once that was very clearly himself with an axe so it's just like very much hammering in that idea of like we're in weird dimension space now
1: yes totally fine that's
0: all that's all fine and dandy
1: yeah Um, But also, sorry, just because you mentioned it, the head's on the spike. I, no fucking way is that Angela. I mean, (laughs) this, this actress, very beautiful, has a lovely, luscious head of hair. And then they have her head up there with a Daryl Dixon wig on. (laughs) Are you kidding me? That was crazy to me. I was like, there's no way is that Angela's head? <laughs> no way is that her. I just thought that that was mad disrespectful. <laughs> uh,
0: maybe. I would say the Michelle one I thought was pretty good. The like, Michelle I like, one
1: looks good.
0: Yeah. And also what, what excited me but also pissed me off about the heads on the spikes was it proved to me that they did in fact have budgeting for some very dope practical effects mm-hmm. and then chose to keep us in the darkness for the entirety of this two hours. That kind right. of made me upset i'm not gonna lie but yeah. it was nice to also see a little bit of production value with the stuff i was like mm-hmm. finally let me see something um the, ma-
1: the makeup effects i think are actually pretty good in this film
0: mm-hmm. I, mostly i i think the one thing i would have asked for more of is actual injuries on the characters Right. For me, I could very much tell that they just threw a bucket of yep. fake blood on them and just had them covered in blood. I needed like a couple bruises or scratches or some or, or mm-hmm. something to show that these characters had been attacked and yeah. then just like fall into a vat of blood.
1: No, that's that's very fair. Uh, when we see a lot of them, yeah, it's very clear that they are just drenched in blood but when we do get to see actual injuries i do think that they look very good Mm -hmm. um because even i think at the end with robbie that shit looks pretty pretty legit i i think the worm creatures actually look pretty good especially because we do get to see a lot of them we Mm -hmm. see them in the light we see close-ups of them i think that they're pretty cool effects and there's also one point where one comes like Crawling through Robbie's legs and it's screaming and it that one also did startle me because they <laughs> have this high pitched like squeal that they do, yeah. but oh and then there's another creature that we see which that one was irritating to me because because we ever it saw looked, it from what we could see it looked cool it looked like a an interesting design. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't tell what the fuck was going on which once again I understand that was probably the idea is you fill in the blanks of what this creature looks like. However, the blanks that I'm trying to fill in are nuts, dude. Like I can't <laughs> even imagine the anatomy of what this thing is supposed of this to be. Creature, like... It kind of reminded me of the ant from Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Um the way that its body was like that I imagined it as a giant ant.
0: <laughs> see, and I imagined it as a decrepit Pumbaa. So like we got two oh, very different That's what
1: I'm saying. <laughs> but both of those things are ridiculous. I think that's the thing. Is both of the things that we're imagining are ridiculous because of how much we were allowed to see. I feel like the what you will fill in it's always going to look weird it's always going to be weird but i do think if they would have just shown us from afar at least like a silhouette
0: you know what i mean at least show me the shape of the creature
1: let me see the little that little slinky boudoir silhouette and then i can at least yeah know the shape of it because i we didn't even need to be as close to it as we were if we had just been further back and seen it in more light I think that that would have been fine, um, mm-hmm. but we're very close to it, which they do so that we can only see sections of it. But yeah, like I said, those sections, this thing could be legitimately anything. And I would say, yeah, yeah, yeah it's but probably again, that. Like,
0: <laughs> I, I still recognize that that is a personal preference thing because there yeah. are, I, I know there are going to be people out there that are like, no, 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 you guys are wrong. Like, I prefer letting Fox. my imagination
1: mm-hmm. take
0: the take the reins on that one. I get you but just hear us out. Show a little bit more.
1: Just a little bit more. A little bit more. Mm, show me a little skin. I just want to a little <laughs> bit. Little ankle, something. Just a little something to see what I was working with. Um mm-hmm. but And then
0: he also cuts his dick off, which
1: look. That looks good. We're talking
0: If we're talking about practical effects here, that wasn't that was a well well uh makeup fake dick that he cut off, like <laughs> It
1: looked good. It looked Yeah, I was like that's his penis like i yeah i believe there that was,
0: there were the questions that i had towards the creature had no question towards what he cut off when it dropped into the sand i was like no nah, that's his dick
1: that's a penis <laughs> and he also played with it like a cat <laughs> a little bit a little bit he was i'm not entirely sure what he was trying to do but he did kind of mess with it like he was a cat
0: Just um,
1: he did i thought he was trying to like cut it up into smaller pieces but mm, no just, no,
0: he's just enamored.
1: Just swatting it around a little bit. Like, oh, wow,
0: it was bigger than I thought it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or he's smaller.
0: Like, I don't know. I don't know. And to my,
1: my girl who said that, <laughs> who said it wasn't big enough, how about now? <laughs> but the whole like ending thing with him and this, I think, actually works really well. This is when the makeup effects are like when the best. Yeah. yeah that which understandably so i can understand why they would maybe be, maybe want to put as much of that budget into this moment because it's a big deal it's we get to see a lot of what's happening robbie is tearing himself up um disembowels himself and then holds on to that shit like a purse mm-hmm. and then kind of walks walks away with it and then He's when we leave him, although he is still alive, he is not long for this earth. Like my man is on death's door when we last see him. Before we get to that, however, we do get we do finally get sucked into the vortex Mm -hmm. that we keep kind of alluding to. And it looks beautiful on there. It kind of is like Space Mountain and it's really (laughs) cool. But then part of me also is like so... This is the camera's We're We're seeing this through the camera still. Yeah. Which does bring me out of it a little bit. However, it is still a very beautiful cut sequence. Like kind of floating yeah. around in that. And then the moment when all the music stops and everything gets really still. Mm-hmm. I I I it's still a very beautiful visualization of this. And I also think that I I like how long we had to wait to finally get into this moment, because it almost feels like when once we go in there, because it's the only time that it's played off where there's like this very beautiful music in the background. It almost feels kind of otherworldly, but it almost feels it's like one of the most peaceful moments that we have within this later half of the film and Mm -hmm. it's just interesting that post that Robbie kind of decides to be done with this hellscape that he's in um so yeah I I like it it is wild though to think of Robbie floating through there still holding the camera
0: (laughs) yeah very true (laughs) that image is funny but I agree with you. That part was well done. Any, mm-hmm. Anytime they do that where it's like, all right, you're about to visualize something that's never been seen before, um, I get excited for those just because, like, I feel like that's when you can let your creativity kind of flow, um, yeah. especially as a director, to just be like, okay, how am I going to show this to people, this idea that I have? And, like, mm-hmm. I don't really know what the Vortex is, but I feel like whatever... Feeling it was supposed to impose on me as a viewer, I do think that sequence did it, and yeah. so I do give kudos for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that earlier on you talked about kind of like your feelings about this movie of like liking it, then disliking it, then liking it again. I think kind of same, where it's just like I enjoyed getting to know everyone. I spent a lot of the horror slash scary section just thinking, what is happening? And yeah. then, like, when we hit the final shot, I'm like, I'm okay with this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what just happened the past 45 minutes, but this seems like a good conclusion mm-hmm. to it. Um. So, yeah, it, it very much was a similar case for me where this movie was a sandwich where I liked the bread, but the inside of it, I, I probably could have swapped out the meat.
1: Yeah. Chose some different ingredients. Yeah. I also will say I'm a little bit bummed that we didn't get more of Scott. Is it just me? I feel like he gets a little bit pushed to the wayside once we get to the desert. I feel as though there's... Well, he's writing.
0: He's busy. He's writing.
1: There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's a writer, but I mean, he's your he's Robbie's brother. I feel like their relationship gets kind of touted in the beginning to be very important. And yeah. then I don't think we get as much with him as I would have liked. I wish that there was just one more something with him post everything going on. Because we do get a few things with him, but mm-hmm. a lot of it, he's more so just a back. He's more so just an image he doesn't. Yeah. He's not as much of an element as Angela, for sure. And even Michelle, we get some some sequences with Michelle um, mm-hmm. post everything going wrong. But Scott really feels like he just becomes a bit of the set design. Yeah, sort he's of kind of a, an
0: accessory to the story. Yeah,
1: and, and I, like, I was kind of bummed about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, it, but it's like. I don't know where else I would have put him in, though, because they... the I I think at the beginning, he gets a decent amount, and then, yeah, once they're in the desert, he does kind of get shafted. But then mm-hmm. during the weird, quote-unquote, sequences, like, he he is utilized as an accessory, but I think as a pretty good accessory Um, in terms of, like, he does, for me, establish the time loop when they do that whole tent sequence when he's covered in blood. I do think that that is... An effective yeah. nod, nod towards like, okay, we're in some weird time space thing. Um, and then it seemed like finding him was important to Robbie once he did yeah. get separated. Because it did seem like a driving motivator where he, I feel like he almost accepted like Michelle and Ann, and Ange's fate quicker than he accepted. Oh, immediately. Yeah, like once he saw it, <laughs> it was like, oh, they're dead. Um, but his brother <laughs> took him like a second, where he was really trying to like hunt and find him. So
1: he really did. He said, "Damn, I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, uh, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Goodbye, Michelle. He was like, "Dang, that's why." <laughs> that's why he cut his penis off because he was like, "Well, I guess I will never <laughs> I get to sleep with Michelle." <laughs> but never yeah, <laughs> Never even had a chance. But that's it. Yeah, it's true. He does his brother is kind of a pulling force for him. There is that moment that I do think is kind of cool where he's back in his mom's house and then mm-hmm. he like sees his brother like on the plane through the window. and yeah. they almost have this like goodbye sort of moment, which I thought was kind of nice. Um,
0: there really quickly, just because you bring up <clears throat> just because you bring up planes too. there was towards the end a moment where I thought to myself, like, Did they all, like, die in a plane crash? And this is all just purgatory or something like that? Mostly Mm -hmm. because we get a shot of a plane earlier on that right towards the end of it is feeling some turbulence or whatever. Um, And then throughout the course of the movie, we get, like, it gets alluded to, like, we hear helicopter sounds at one Mm -hmm. point. Like, we hear other machinery sounds. And then in my head, I'm like, that would kind of explain the water symbolism because it's like okay maybe the plane crashed in water and so like that is bleeding into their purgatory or whatnot but then like when i went back in the film I, i feel like only robbie took a plane if uh if i'm correct so like
1: right yeah i'm like i don't think that all of them well i don't know maybe they all were on the same flight but if they were we just we see it from robbie's perspective and we never see anybody else on the plane yeah. with him
0: but i can see maybe his brother being on there but i feel like and was already there and then i don't think well, actually I
1: don't, I don't know no I don't, they know. All met I don't know i don't know Who was
0: on that plane i gotta be real
1: they all met up before they went but it's it's i i the, i guess the way that i saw it because you do hear a plane at the end uh-huh. like you hear but i almost wondered if that was maybe the i i to me i was wondering if that was just a sign that now we're back in reality and uh-huh. so like now this is because i feel like the sounds that we're hearing prior to that are pretty otherworldly and although they are feel similar to sounds that we hear all the time there's always this weird element to them they're like distorted or they're way too loud or they like merge into another sound and so I thought that it was that a lot of that was just the this sound of like okay you this is what this is how it would sound in the real world but now you're not in the real world anymore so now it's like taking on this new life to it Mm -hmm. um and there's like a lot of just electric and machinery sounds i think because of what is there like what restricted whatever they're they're in like what's in that area i think is a lot of what that noise was um but because that last one sounded legitimately like a plane yeah i guess i just thought that that was like almost a symbol that we're back they in, broke
0: the loop or whatnot I yeah that like we're
1: back in reality and so now he, he's dead in life like that's why they're missing they're all dead um mm-hmm. but yeah so i guess that's the way that i was taking it because i don't know the turbulence that it looked like they were having looks like the I mean, turbulence i'd be feeling every time i fly into california yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly very true never flown into california uh, but yeah it was like very brief too but like that was me again trying to like you know yeah. reaching for straws you're just trying to figure out what this movie's supposed to symbolize so Robbie if you want to just come out and tell us that would be great to me personally because I would love to know like I what you were love, going for I
1: on this. Love, one. I would love to know that and I don't know yeah I don't know if the yeah because I think the biggest thing I don't understand is the water kind of symbolism Mm because i i i i I don't know the desert to me feels very similar to water but just like the opposite where it's like if you're in the ocean there's like this big big expanse of water and there's all these things in it that you like all this life in it that is prepared for that but like you're not and i feel like the desert is like the same thing just the opposite of that Mm -hmm. and so that's what i was thinking at first but yeah once we started getting like the orcas whaling and (laughs) and all of that extra stuff um i think i just wasn't quite sure and there is a moment too where i was like did this did they did he just get like birthed out because there's a part where he like rips some he like falls out of water and he throws Mm -hmm. up and then he like rips some membrane off of him yeah and i was like did you just straight up get birthed my guy like <laughs> by whom? <laughs>
0: is it your birthday
1: <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday robbie <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think that's the biggest thing that i'm not super connecting mm-hmm. um myself but i do think that it's hard i think out of everything because once this movie ended the biggest thing that i felt was that i I felt satisfied with the entire story by the time it ended. That's why I liked it again by the end, because there's something about the way that it ended where I just thought that was actually, I liked how this story wrapped up looking back at it. I liked how the story played itself out. And I think that there was something really, really sad and scary about Robbie's journey as a whole. Like I I Mm -hmm. think that that was the thing I was honestly the most satisfied by with by the end of it but still that being said yeah i mean all of that imagery and all that extra stuff that ness that wasn't necessarily just dealing explicitly with robbie i really didn't need it like i I really did not need any of that and and to me it would have been the same movie without it like mm-hmm. I when I, I feel like when I think back on this movie, I'm not going to be thinking of all that stuff. I'm just going to be thinking of the pretty like solid story that is within that. Like all of that stuff, just extra flair. And I understand direct that as a director and a writer, that stuff is probably the fun stuff, right? That's the stuff you want to put in there. That's something mm-hmm. that's ex- exciting. But at some point, it did start to feel like a bunch of different things that he decided worse was scary at one point and he just put them all in the movie, whether they needed to be in there or not.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. All in all, I agree. It felt like a complete journey. But I think like, I was just slightly disappointed that I wasn't fully into it for the entire time. Yeah, Um, because I think the idea is interesting. And like, again, I'm, I'm a sucker for found footage. So like, I like the idea incorporated in this. Um, at first I, this really felt like just kind of a better Blair Witch um, but then it ultimately ended up suffering from some of the same things that I feel like that movie suffered from mm-hmm. for me where it's just like pacing stuff and just some of the imagery decisions weren't the best for me Yeah, um, but I think really to solidify this all that's left to do is to kind of rate this bad boy and I will throw it out there that I feel like Hushabys would be a fun thing
1: yeah, to I was this bad boy out of. <laughs> I'm fine with rating it out of "Hushabyes." look, <laughs> Michelle. Do you have the song memorized
0: at this point, by the way?
1: <laughs> you would think that I would. Oh, my gosh. When they first got there and they were trying to find something to do and she was just like, "Hushabye, baby. <laughs> I was like, no fucking way. Are you just going to make them all sit here and listen to you sing? Like don't do this and everyone just starts like clapping and snapping
0: along. like we ain't got no choice
1: they're like damn okay i didn't know she's gonna be singing live i guess (laughs) sure but yeah i'm cool with doing it out of hushabies personally all
0: right uh would you rather me go first or would you like to go first
1: um i can go first all right let me hear it okay i think i'm going to give the outwaters i think i'm going to give it 3.4 out of five hushabys. Okay. Because, A, I think the setting is really a great... It's a great setting. Like, the desert is so scary anyway. And then mm-hmm. I think adding this premise on, like I said earlier, it's a creepy idea. As a whole, this idea is scare It's a scary idea. The movie itself might not have any moments that freaked me out. But I think when I thought about it afterwards, the premise of it I was like yeah that was that's a scary premise um I really really liked the dynamic that we set up with our friend group I really enjoyed the setup of their of their of like what they were going to do I liked just kind of watching them live their lives and all of that that led into our situation and even the first kind of moments of our inciting incident I really enjoyed it's just too long it needs to be cut down um some of the imagery is just not doing it for me it just feels like it's there and it was honestly kind of taking me out at times I'm not even gonna hold you there was a moment where I looked in and I realized there was still like 35 minutes left in this movie and I did get a little panicked but (laughs) it's funny because then after that about 20 minutes into me feeling that way, I had a shift and I actually started to enjoy it again. It's like this movie had me on, on like ebbs and flows with the way that I felt. But I will say that I think by the end of it, I really did enjoy what they ended up doing with the characters and the fact that Robbie became it for us for so long. I don't know. I just think that that's very brave it's a very bold choice. It can go mm-hmm. wrong so easily. And I actually think it worked out for me. I I will have to say that even though all of the ways that the films were or that the shots played out and the way that was filmed, it was not necessarily for me. But even despite feeling that, there was a part of me that did kind of enjoy that the director went for it and said this is exactly how I want it to be and this is how it's going to be and I Mm -hmm. like that he kind of stuck to his guns because I do think that visually this movie is doing exactly what it's trying to do Yeah, and although it doesn't work out for me at all times uh, that doesn't mean that it's bad it's just not necessarily what I look for in a found footage film so, yeah, I think 3.4 Hushabies, um, because I did enjoy this movie by the end of it. And I honestly almost feel like upon a rewatch, which I am saying, I actually think I will rewatch this one, which also obviously I have to knock it out for. I actually think upon a rewatch, I might enjoy this movie more than mm-hmm. I did on the first watch.
0: OK, I think for myself, I'm going to put this one at a like a 2.8. Out of mm-hmm. five, I should buy. Okay. Uh, my, my gut wanted to go with just a 2.5, but I'm giving the 2.8 because mostly out of the same level of respect, like, I, I, again, when it comes to, like, indie, um, found footage, people, especially when it's like, you wrote this, you directed it, you also started in it. If you d- are doing your thing, I support you. I, mm-hmm. I fully respect that and, like, make the movie that you want to make. It's just, for me, there were certain choices that as a viewer, I was not super fond of Um, very late in this. I made the Blair witch comparison, which I do think that there is very similar energies between these two movies. And I personally am not a huge fan of the Blair witch and just Mm -hmm. like that kind of energy. So that fed into this where I'm like, this isn't, even though I like found footage, this kind of found footage is not necessarily my thing. However, I think that there were some cool things at play, especially with, like, sound design and some of the imagery that we actually did get to see, I thought was really good. Um, But for me, having half the movie be basically in darkness with, like, that, again, that pin drop of a visual that you can get from the flashlight, it was a choice. It was a brave and bold choice, but it was a choice that wasn't for me. And unfortunately, that is a large chunk of the film. And so, like, I found myself very much wavering in and out a lot. Um, but like you, I did by the end of it feel satisfied with things. I just don't think I'm going to be going back to rewatch this one anytime mm-hmm. soon. And yeah. like, it's hard for me to also like recommend this one because I just know mm-hmm. it takes a very specific kind of viewer to watch this kind of movie and enjoy it. Um, so f- that's fair. Yeah. So for all those reasons, I'm gonna stick with like a 2.8 out of five. Uh, Hushabys.
1: Okay. Also, I will say, just just throwing it out there, I'm kind of ready, I think, for us to drop the, like, footage. this footage was found in the Mojave County Police Department. From, oh, yeah. Like, uh, that uh, the introductions to found footage films, I don't think we always need to have a reason that we're watching this film. Like, the reason mm-hmm. that we're watching this footage, I don't think we necessarily need that in every found footage. I don't think you have to say they've been missing since 9100. If you see them, like I don't I don't think it's necessary anymore yeah, cuz I'm like I feel it. It was a it was a gimmick that we used when found footage was coming up. I think at this point we're good to just maybe hop right into the film.
0: Agreed. <laughs> I Agreed. I agree.
1: But that is it for us talking about the outwaters. Um if you homies have also seen this film, we would love for you to let us know how many hushabys you would give it you can let us know on our social media we are homies of horror on everything or if you prefer you can always talk to us in our discord discord is where we hang out with the homies have some discussions about horror but other things as well if you'd like to come through and check that out the link for that is in our social media bio you can also email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com you can email us requests recommendations and business inquiries And if you're listening to this the day that it comes out, that means it's Monday. That means we're streaming on Twitch tonight, playing some spooky games. Hanging out, having some drinks, having some laughs. We'd love to see you. So if you do come through, you can find the link for that in our social media bios as well. And last but never least, if you're so inclined, we'd very much appreciate it if you'd leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. The more we get, the better. It recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that, we'd love for you to. Over on Spotify, it's easy to rate us by just clicking the stars underneath our name. But that is it for us today, homies. We hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will be talking to you spooky later. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.
0: What's up, homies? Uh, welcome to the end of the episode, and uh, welcome to our update. But we did just want to let you guys know that we are planning on taking a brief hiatus for the podcast through the month of September. But don't worry. We're still going to be here. We're just kind of retooling and getting ready for the busy month that is October.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, we haven't really taken any breaks whilst doing the podcast. No big breaks, at least. Uh, This year has been a really busy year. We've just had a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff very recently that we even kept recording through. But with October coming up and with October always being our craziest month, we and with potentially having to do things a little bit differently in October, we just wanted to take a break so we'd have more time to prepare for it. So we'd be able to come out with some fun and exciting episodes for you guys that month. And yeah, we're still going to be active on social media. We're still going to be streaming. So please still hop in Monday nights and check us out. Come say hello. Come check in. We'll still be chit-chatting and catching up with you guys on Twitch and via our social media. So yeah, we will be around. We will still be homieing out there somewhere. Just not <laughs> on uh, any podcast episodes for the month of September.
0: Yeah. Uh, but for anybody who is new to the podcast, we do have a large catalog of other episodes for you to check out while we we're on our brief break. So if you feel like it, go back, listen to some of the oldies and come back in October and we'll have some brand new episodes for you guys for your listening pleasure.
1: Thank you, homies, so much for uh, always rocking with us. And we thank you in advance for your patience. Um, So yeah, we will be seeing you then.
0: Catch you in October, homies.
1: Bye.